As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cozy Moon Podcast. Where? We have fun. Where we have fun. Talk about parenting. Parenting. I'm Anya. Say Ari. Ari. This is Ari, and I'm Mommy Shan. Let's start the show. Yeah. Here we go. Back to the show. Back to the show. Hey, it's Mama Shan. Welcome back to Cozy Womb Podcast. Uh, what's on the menu today? On the menu is definitely mother-daughter relationships this episode. Um, basically, I'm going to speak on the importance of them, uh, why we should focus on them, what the start to the end to the middle may mean for a girl to a preteen to a teenager to a young adult. Uh, the episode that we had before this for Cozy Womb Podcast was, should you teach your kids about stocks, about buying stocks? So if that's something you would want to check out, uh, that's the episode before this that you want to check out. Uh, this podcast is available on other platforms. You don't have to just listen on Anchor. You can listen on Spotify, CastBox, Apple Podcasts. Um, what other platform? Podbean. Then you have Radio Public. So whatever is easiest for you. And you can also listen to it online on um, anchorfm.com if that's something you're interested in. But let's just get into today's episode. All right, moms out there, grab a seat. Um, daughters, uh, I mean, I'm more focused on the mother-daughter relationship, 
Now, if you're like a teen, you can listen. But if there's any daughters or little kids younger than, um, uh, I want to say 13, maybe they don't want to listen to this episode. Because I'm really focusing on the importance of the mother-daughter relationship. Um, So I'll give you a moment. All right. So, welcome back. So, mother-daughter relationships. If you think about a mother-daughter relationship, it's the first relationship that your daughter has to set sail in life. They grow within the mom. Um, If you adopt um, a child and it's a girl and she's little, she she grew within her mother. Um, But you are going to take care of her now. You're going to become her mother. Even so, that first bond with a woman to woman, that's the first bond. You're her first love. You're her first feels. You're her first super person. You're her first go-to. You're her first person that she assumes can fix it, quote-unquote. You're going to be her protector. Whether or not her father is in her life, around, there is a father figure. I always look to my mom as... She's going to protect me. She's going to make sure nothing happens to me because she loves me. Why? Because she's told me so and she has shown me X, Y, and Z. That was always in my mind. I used to think that my mom was this superwoman that always had an answer, was so smart, can do anything, could go anywhere, and could make anything happen when I was younger. And then I realized growing up that it's not that she was she knew everything and she is that she knew a lot it's not that she could talk to me about every experience is because she was experienced a lot in a lot of different things it wasn't that she can fix everything it was that she's very resourceful so as a child they don't know the difference they just see it as let me go tell my mom so she can make it all right and I think with a father, they have to have that bond in order to see those characteristics. With a mother, it's automatic. It's an automatic thing. And then she looks, your daughter will look at you as, oh my gosh, I'm going to get that one day. My hair's going to look like that. I'm going to be able to wear this. Uh, my feet are going to be able to get in these shoes. I'm going to be able to... Um, paint my nails I'm going to be able to put on earrings all those things everything that your daughter sees on you she's going to aim to get one day because she thinks that's what is um, needed to become the woman she needs to be and that's not always true but as a little girl that's what you look at The mother-daughter relationship will gauge how women treat themselves, treat men, um, and allow men to treat them a certain way depending on what she sees. And also, it depicts how your daughter will treat other people when she grows up. So that's why the mother-daughter relationship is very important. Um, It does involve some friendliness. It does involve some love. Boundaries, balance, time, 
spent, discipline. You have to have limits. You have to correct. Um, it involves lots of honesty. I do not lie to my daughters. I have two daughters. I do not lie to them. It involves reality. I'm constantly doing reality checks. It involves lots of guidance. You know, I have to guide them to do the right thing. If I ask them to do something, it's not that I can't do it myself. It's because I want them to learn how to do it for them. And for, you know, emergency reasons, I need you to know how to act. So I might ask them out the blue to do something for me. Um, They need to learn focus from you. They need to learn how to have a vision and stick to it. And, uh, you know, never limit their thinking. That all comes from the mom. Now, for me personally, when I grew up, um, I had love. I didn't have enough boundaries. Um, I did not have enough balance. I had time with my mom. I did not have enough discipline. Um, Honesty-wise, it was like 30% and the rest was like... Hope hope she learns it somewhere. So it wasn't like a lot of that. Um, I don't know. My mom was very like, I don't want to talk about the serious stuff that I don't like. But I will talk about the serious stuff that I'm comfortable with. And the thing is like when you have a daughter, even the serious things that you're not comfortable with, you got to figure out a way to talk about it. Because if you don't talk about it, They might run into it outside of your house, outside of your space, outside of your comfort zone. And the best way to help your daughters in life is through knowledge, is through talking about something, is to through, you know, putting quote unquote up on game about something. Um, I had guidance. Um, Okay, Ari, give me a second. I had guidance, um, somewhat focus I had. I was always one to do all my work, turn it in on time, feel bad if I can't get it in on time, feel bad if I know I could do something right and I didn't do it my best. Um, I got frustrated when it came to math because I knew my mom wasn't great at math. My brothers, it was so easy for them and that was frustrating me frustrate me because when I really did try, I still got it wrong. When I didn't try, I knew I was getting it wrong, so it was nothing to be proud about. It was like always expecting negativity because it was just like if math was in a foreign language, like that's how it was to be like it the way that it was being taught over and over again and the the pressure of the timing of things it frustrated me and my mom wasn't really good at teaching me how to cope with that so it was just like one of those things that she didn't put pressure on me about my mom did get me a tutor in uh high school but that didn't help and now which is so funny when I see different math apps and I'm helping Anya out with math and they break it down a different way and they teach it a different way. I'm just like, man, if they were teaching me this like this when I was younger, I would have got it. I would have got it. There was a lot of stress on me in school having to learn math a certain way. So that's something they need from you. And all girls need that. Now, some, I'm going to tell you right now, not every mom is a 
a good mother. Not in every mom can mother. And that could be possibly because your mother, what parents wasn't the best or her mom wasn't the best or nobody taught her mom how to mother. And some moms, you know, generations ago were taught to take care of the house and worry about feelings later. Or they're not, you know, they didn't have the space to be as affectionate, as hands-on with their daughters as they need to. So every generation after your great-grandmother and your grandmother and you and then your daughter, it's like it's like chiseling off um, a big rock to get down to the core of being better. So I know there's some things that I wasn't taught by my mom and I didn't get from my mom. So I gotta pick out those things that I needed as a kid and remember them so now I can teach them to Anya, to Aria. And the things that I know I need to work on, I'm still working on those things, but I still have to teach them. So I'm sure Anya's going to see parts of me that she doesn't wanna, you know, teach her kid or put on her kid, I'm sure. Arya is going to see parts of me that um, she doesn't want to put on her kid or, uh, you know, bring into her family. And I know she's going to probably need something from me that I'm, I'm probably not giving her as she gets older. And hopefully we can always have an open communication and talk about that because I don't want her to feel like... I didn't want her to be better in that area. I don't want her to feel like I didn't want to try because I always want to try for my children. I didn't want her. I don't want her to grow up feeling like um, I didn't care to fix what she wasn't getting. So I always want to leave that open. One thing that always frustrated me about my mom is whenever I needed to talk to her about something important and serious that she was uncomfortable with, she would completely shut down. She would ignore me. She would sit with her head down at the table. She would cry. She would make me feel bad for asking. And then I was sitting there stuck, feeling bad for being direct, feeling bad for not knowing, and feeling bad that, oh, look what you did. You made your mom cry. So regardless of what my feelings are, if, you know, I see that Anya's hurt or Arya's hurt and they... They're asking me something important. I'm straightforward, direct. This is what it is. It's not this. This person told you that to comfort your feelings. I'm telling you this to give you the reality. And that's how I'm going to raise them because when I was younger, comfort didn't help me. You know, comfort on some things. If I fell, someone helped brush me off and hushed me because I was crying a little bit and gave me a band-aid. Cool. But if I keep running and I don't want to tie my shoes and I'm not careful and somebody keeps hushing me and doing all of that, I'll never be better for myself. I'll never stop running. I'll never start being careful. So, you know, I'll excuse not knowing once or twice, but that third time, I'm not, I'm not going to excuse not knowing. And I think my mom was um, a little bit too comforting on me. And maybe that has something to do with the fact that I have, you know, four older brothers from my mom. And 
I'm the youngest and I'm the only girl. And she's always wanted a girl. Maybe that has something to do with it. But I'm going to tell you now, growing up, I was no princess. And when I say I was no princess, I'm not saying I was a horrible kid. I'm just saying that I wasn't the girly girl she was expecting or she wanted. She definitely put me in a lot of lace. She definitely put me in a lot of frilly dresses. She definitely put bows in my hair. She definitely had me wearing lace socks. She definitely um, always wanted to put me in floral things. Sometimes I was with it and sometimes I wasn't. I hate stockings to this day because of my mother. Because she always made me put on stockings. So that's that's one of those things. Your daughters may be like you a lot. Your daughters may be way different from you a lot. And sometimes, I'm going to tell you right now, both of my children are me times 10 in every way good and in every way not good. And when I tell you, I think the Lord is having a joke. He's having a good laugh. He's enjoying all of this. And when I tell you the sass at age six and the sass at age two is hitting me like a ton of bricks. Back to back, okay? It is very sassy in my house. I have to listen to these discussions, these arguments in the car, in their room, in the bathtub, when they're supposed to be going to sleep. They call me out on all of my faults. They ask me about all of my body parts. You know, Ari is very um, impressed with her vagina all of a sudden this week. Um, And I'm very honest with them. Now... My honesty, Aria, my honesty comes in waves as far as like age appropriateness. But when it comes to like what she needs to know as far as her body, I tell her what body parts are what. You know, they want to ask why is hair here? They want to ask why do you wear deodorant? They want to ask, you know, why do you paint your nails? They want to ask if they could paint their nails. They want to ask, you know, what kind of dress is that? All these questions. All these questions. But that's why we are mothers. That's why I'm a mother. Because, you know, life felt like I was fit enough to become a mother. And that is why I am. Today, unfortunately, we got to talk about sex a bit earlier with our daughters. Um... On Tuesday, Anya came to me and she was like, Mom, this girl at camp told me she wanted to L-O-V-E me. I'm just like, what? She said, this girl said she wanted to L-O-V-E me. And she was whispering. I'm just like, why are we whispering? We're at home. So I was like, okay, love you. And she's like, yeah. I said, what's wrong with that? Did she do something to you? No, she didn't do anything to me, but she likes me. I said, what do you mean by that? She was like, she asked me if I wanted to be her girlfriend, and I told her no. Now, two things. One, that little girl is not much older than Anya. Two, yeah. One, the girl is not much older than um, Anya. Two, she didn't learn that out the sky. She must have been watching TV, and I don't know what... The relationship is with that girl's parents. I don't know what she's seeing at home. I don't know who she's around. But just because of that, I had to explain to Anya what love is, what she meant, how she said it, all of that. And my daughter is only in kindergarten. So when people have discussions about, 
oh, I'm not talking to my child about sex until they're like 15, 16. That's too late. We are not our kids. You know, when I learned about sex, I was in fifth and sixth grade because they had sex ed in Prince George's County in Maryland at Deerfield Run at that elementary school. My mom faithfully signed that sheet so I could be in that class. And probably because she didn't want to talk about it. I never got sat down and talked um, to about the birds and the bees and sex and babies and how long it takes to go through the process. My dad never sat down with me and talked to me about boys and what they're going to do and what they might say and how to face peer pressure. I had to learn that from... Um, TV, uh, listening, uh, teen magazine, um, what else? My other friends talking about it, me feeling uncomfortable with myself, like all of that. And I don't want, I don't want my daughters to have to learn those fundamental things from the outside world. I want to be able to tell them. And then even with the fact that you may not let your child watch a derogatory um, shows that cuss and say certain things. Like, I don't even want to let the girls watch Family Guy. It looks like a good cartoon, but they're not watching it. Adventure Time, no, you're not watching it because it has some, you know, things you can interpret and a lot of adult things. And a lot of the cartoons today have a lot of adult things in them, so you have to watch them with your kids. And so... Even with that, Anya might come to me and ask me what certain cuss words are because she hears other kids saying it. So I can't, you know, allow her to stay in this bubble of not knowing what words mean and not knowing that that's not something you need to say as a kid. That's not something you need to tell an adult. That's not a funny word and that's not fun, nothing funny to look, you know, laugh at. I also have to talk to her about racism you know, in what way somebody cannot like you because of what you look like. Um, in what way somebody may not like you because of your hair. Because, you know, uh, your nose may look a certain way or your lips may look a certain way. I have to talk to her about all of that. Because when she leaves my house, she's she may come across with that. You know, I have to talk to her about what love is. I got to talk to her about, you know, what she should never accept from any boy or any man, no matter who he is, your your cousin, um, uh, your uncle, uh, your mom's friend, your dad, you know, anybody, your teacher, a police officer, what is not okay, what type of touching is not okay. Like, I have to tell her that. When I was younger, I was sexually abused for years by people I'm supposed to be related to. So I have to talk to her about all of that. I have to ask her, you know, did anybody touch you here? Did anybody touch you there? Did anybody? You gotta, you can't hide behind, oh, that was like a pastime. I'm not going to go back there. No, you may not go back there, but somebody may bring that to your child. So the best, I feel like the best way that kids are prepared in life is if you give them 
all the information beforehand, not after. I have to teach my daughters what they're capable of doing in life, how great they can be, how they um they don't have to live, you know, behind the scenes of something if they want to be seen. If they want to be a great artist, be a great artist. If you want to be a fireman, be a fireman. If you want to be an astronaut, strive to be an astronaut. These are the things you need to do. These are the books you need to read. Nobody's going to hand anything to you. You get things because you deserve it, not because you want it. Oh, yeah, that Pokemon's only $14. Mom, do you have $14? I sure do have $14. Then can we get it? No. You don't need it. There are other important things I need to do with the money right now. Can we go to catch an air? No. Do you have any money? Yes. Why we can't go? Because I have other important things to focus on right now. And that is how I'm going to raise my kids. I don't care if I had $10 in the bank. I don't care if I had a trillion dollars in the bank. I'm not giving my children things they do not need unless they earn them. Because when you earn something, it just feels good when you have it. When you give them something, it doesn't feel like anything. The worth is gone. It's empty. Just like the inside of your kids when you spoil them to death. It's empty. They're still searching for more. And they don't know what the more it is that they're searching for, but they want more. This is not doing it. I want something new today. You gave me something new yesterday. It's not new no more. It's that. It's that emptiness because you didn't give your child enough of light within themselves for them to see like they don't need things to be great. They are great. You got to teach your daughters about hygiene. There's a lot of these little girls go, you know, walking around. Even when I go pick up Anya in her class, when I tell you the body odor in that room, and I know there's boys and girls in that room, but come on. Sometimes I, I bathe Anya and she gets up in the morning and I smell them armpits. Girl, here's some deodorant. What is deodorant? This is what deodorant it is. Why do you wear deodorant? Because X, Y, and Z. You might sweat so you don't smell stinky here. Make sure you lotion your skin. Make sure you do your hair. Anya hates for me to wash her hair, but I tell her to wash it. And then I show her what the water looks like when I wash it. And I tell her that you're not going to have anybody that wants to be around you with your hair stinking dirty. Your hair is not going to look nice if it's dirty and nasty and you don't comb it. She hates her hair being combed. And she has very tight curled, uh, curly hair. It's beautiful and she hates her hair out. So I'm even working with her on wearing her hair out sometimes. Her hair is so pretty and she hates her hair out. She feels like her hair is not done if her hair is out. And that's about building confidence. You have to build confidence in your girls. Because this world is going to try to tear them down piece by piece, bit by bit. Ari only thinks she looks pretty when she wears dresses. So I got to purposely make sure she wears jeans in the top and make sure her hair is cute and tell her that you're pretty today. Tell her she's pretty in this. I have a friend, <laughs> my best friend Chrissy, she um 
she loves the girl. She doesn't have any kids of her own, but she just loves kids, period. And, you know, sometimes she might come over here or she might pop up or it might be, you know, a few weeks where she haven't seen them. She might stop by. She might uh, be even on FaceTime. She's like, ooh, girl, turn around, let me see. And Ari loves to give her a whole 360 look of what she looked like in her hair and just building that confidence. You need, your kids need other people around them that's telling them how great they are, how um, pretty they look, how beautiful they are, how smart they are. They need that because that's feeding your child's confidence. That's being positive. That's positive things. You don't need to nitpick your kids. The world going to do enough of that. But you need to be honest with your kids. Like I'm definitely one of those parents where if they scribble on a piece of paper and tell me to look look I'm like "Uh uh-huh that's a bunch of scribble draw something else like you have to be honest about that stuff like I'm not about to be you know proud of of subpar uh trying I'm not because I know the world is not going to big them up when they put a dot in the middle of a paper and tell her tell them that that's great art I gotta be realistic I got to teach my daughters a proper way to act around men. A lot of fathers are supposed to teach that to their daughters, but I think it should be coming from mothers too because girls need a man's point of view, a father's point of view, a brother's point of view, just as much as they need a mother's point of view when it comes on dealing with men and males. They need to know that they're not supposed to be sitting in men or boys' laps. That's not something you need to do. They need to know the proper way to hug a man, to greet a man, the proper um, language and body language and how to sit with their legs crossed and how to be appropriate distance from someone, how to talk to a married man that's with his wife, how to um, tell an authoritarian no and still be respectful. You need to t- teach your daughters that being alone and not being in a relationship is okay. You need to tell your daughters that you don't have to rush to date because your friends are dating. You got to tell your daughters what is dating? What is courting? What do you mean by seeing? I'm sure by the time my daughters start dating, this could be different words for it. Now they have this thing called, oh, I was just talking to them or we was just cool, or we was just kicking it. Like, all of that is going to evolve into something, but don't wait too late to have the the conversation because if you're not having a conversation, their friends are having a conversation, and I want my daughters to be up on what is what so nobody doesn't, you know, get things over their head. You need to teach your daughters about saying no to boys, saying no to men if they don't feel comfortable when to leave the room. You got to teach them, um, you know, if they feel like they need to talk to somebody about something that happened, they're not sure if it was right or wrong, talk to somebody if you don't want to talk to me. Let your daughters have another uh, woman friend that they feel comfortable talking to about stuff if they don't want to talk to their mom. Some girls just don't want to talk to their mom about some things that's going on in their life just because it's their mom. But if you have a good friend that's, you know, hip quote-unquote, or just like, you know, closer to the ground than you. Let them talk. 
You have to teach your, your daughters how to step up for themselves, when to step up for themselves. If they see another teenager or somebody in their college or their class being bullied, when to step in, why they should step in. Speaking up, not being that, uh, that, uh, smartphone, let me put it on video kid. Don't be that person. That person doesn't get any respect because you're just doing it for video when somebody could be re really hurt or about to lose their life. I got to teach my daughters about, you know, being nice to everyone. Not being mean to people just because you feel above them for whatever reason. When I was in high school, when I was in middle school, and when I was in elementary school, I could talk to anybody. I could sit at any um, lunch table I wanted at lunch. I didn't have no problems. I wasn't doing no favoritisms. Because to me, that was whack. To me, that was limiting my thinking if I only sat at this lunch table all the time, talked to just these friends, didn't know anything about what this person was into, didn't know anything about what that group is into, didn't know anything about why these kids, after they eat their lunch, go outside and they play with this little, this little beanball. Like, it's exposure. Like, you have to expose your kids to things, not because... Um, that's what they're going to do because they need to know. Even though I don't want my kids to do drugs or I don't want my kids to be alcoholics, I'm not going to hide the fact that people do drink alcohol. There's also limits to drinking alcohol. This is what may happen when you drink alcohol. When they get to a certain age, I'm definitely going to be that parent that's sending them pictures of what this sexual transmitted disease look like. Hey, hope you have a nice day. Bye. Like, that's going to be my type of parenting. I'm not saying that's going to be your type of parenting, but I'm going to be really, like, in your face about something so you just know if anything goes down, you had all the room to come to me. You already know how I am. I'm never going to make them feel bad um, or ashamed to come to me about anything. I'm not going to dig down your neck about the slightest... Uh, assumption that I think or you know you being in a party after I told you not to be there I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell at you the whole ride I'm gonna have a conversation I've been constantly telling Anya you know stop using the word stupid around Ari stop using the word stupid they playing out there I heard her say today I said Anya come in here she came in here and she stood behind me I said come stand in front of me I said, now tell me what I'm about to ask you. She stood there, she stood there, she stood there. And she was like, um, you gotta ask me why I said the word stupid. I said, okay. So didn't we already have the conversation that you shouldn't use the word stupid around Ari? Yes. So what is the problem? Um, what is the problem? I don't know. I said, okay, go sit in my closet and close my door. Because it wasn't about, let me beat it out of her. It wasn't about, let me slap you. It wasn't about, let me call you stupid so you can see how it feels. It was about, like, I'm tired. I need to show how tired I am. I need you to be out my face, but you're not about to enjoy being out my face right now. Go sit in my closet. My closet door is right there. Sit right there, and I'm right in front of the closet. 
Don't ask me when you could come out. I'll tell you when you could come out. Sometimes it's about the conversation that's not being had and the conversation that needs to be had. Ari repeats everything. And I just don't want Ari feeling like that's a word she could use with another kid. I don't want her to feel like that's a word she could use with a teacher. Ari already has a horrible temper between me and her father. I don't know who's worse temper-wise, but... I just don't want her feeling like that's okay and that's an okay way to act. So I have to deal with things a little bit differently, but it's all about your approach and what you don't avoid when you have daughters. You have to teach your daughters never to let a man pressure them into doing anything or a boy that they always have a right to say no. This boy was nice to you all day. Y'all went out to eat. Y'all saw a movie. He wants to go to his house or his friend's house instead of bringing you home. You know you're supposed to be home in the next 15 minutes. What do you do? You tell him no. Maybe next time you need to take me home because of X, Y, and Z. And if he does not want to take you home, you call me. Or you call your uncle. Or you call somebody that loves you that you know is going to do the right thing and you find you an out. And if you can find you an out and they are forcing you to do do something, this is how you defend yourself. Teach your daughters how to defend themselves. Like my, my daughters, they already know that I carry a gun, but I keep it in a safe in my house and in my car. Uh... Anya already asked me why I have a gun. I live by myself and I have two daughters and they're young. So I have to protect myself. I live in Georgia. Georgia gets pitch black dark at night. I live by myself. I live in a house. So it's a different time and I have to do everything I can do to protect myself. I have to be prepared so they know when I carry my gun, I carry it for safety, not for Instagram likes, not for looks, not for clout. I care for safety. And I always tell them, okay, hey, I'm going to go check the mailbox. If I go check the mailbox and I'm not back in like five minutes, you get your sister and you and you go in this room and you lock the door. If I'm if I didn't come back, you get your sister and yourself and you walk out the door and you go here and you ask them to call police. Like all of that conversation is already being had. And my daughter's on already six and my other daughter's already two. There's a lot of kids right now that do not know what to do if their parent walks out the house and goes in the driveway and doesn't come back for a couple of hours. It's it's all like Life fundamentals of what you need to be teaching your daughters, let alone your kids. Like, I have to teach my daughters that if a man really deserves you and really wants you in their life for the good, they're going to be intentional about what they do. I constantly have to remind myself that during the day. Like... When men text me and they're not direct and it's very vague and I feel like this is a group text to me and other women, I don't respond. Or I don't take them seriously. Because when men really want you around or involved in their life in the most positive way, they're very direct about what they want. 
So I just got to teach them that. <sighs> I have to teach them, you know, what a good father looks like, even if their fathers aren't teaching them that. I have to teach them uh, that they can be great with or without going to college because you don't need college to be great. That That is a lot of a word I don't want to say on this podcast, on this episode, that a lot of, of our parents, because they didn't get the opportunity, pushed on a lot of kids in my generation. And now we are a generation working uh, middle-class jobs, most of us, trying to make it work with the bills we have now and trying to pay off impossible school debt. I have like 95 k and school loans that I have to pay back while raising two kids and trying to move forward in my life. It's hard. So the reality is, no, my kids don't have to go to college to be great. But I already told Anya, if you do want to go to college, you better make sure you do something great in school consistently to where someone will pay for you to go to college on the full ride because you will not be taken out alone. I'll refuse. I will not allow either one of my daughters to take out a loan or go to any college. So um, that's something I'll be teaching them consistently. I will teach them that uh, they need to travel. Traveling is a growth and experience and knowledge and everything. I want to teach them that they can travel the world. They can go wherever they want to go. I want to teach them that, you know, they're smart and they're beautiful and they can be. I want to teach them, you know, no matter what, they're always loved regardless. If if the person that you love in life doesn't love you back, you loved here, you're loved over here, that person over there loves you, somebody that you don't even know yet loves you. Like you got to teach your kids that. You got to really pour that into your girls. You got to teach them what it is to take care of someone that can't give anything to you. To give to someone that can't give you anything. That's why I think it's very important for kids to be exposed to someone or you taking care of an animal. It's a, it's like a different type of empathy that you got to teach your daughters to have. I got to teach them that their brown skin is beautiful no matter what shade it is, no matter what freckle they may have, no matter what birthmark they may have, no matter what their knees look like, no matter what their toes look like, no matter what their eyes look like. I got to teach them that that's beautiful. It's a different conversation that you got to have with your daughters depending on what ethnicity they are. Unfortunately, like that's the case, but hello, we live in America. So there's a lot of things you have to teach your daughters. You got to teach them um, what type of privacy is given to someone that lives in a home where they don't pay bills. You got to teach them what type of privacy they can get when they have their own home and they pay all their bills. Um, It's a funny thing that Anya always says, Anya, (laughs) she comes to me and she says, Mom, when can I say cuss words? I say, you could say cuss words. When you move out of my house, you're um, able to get your own house, your own car, pay all your bills, help your sister, help your dad, and probably pay some of my bills. You could say 
whatever cuss word you want outside of my house when you're able to do that. And she always says, all right. But I mean, if that has to be the goal, that has to be the goal. Because, baby girl, if you could do that, then uh, say what you need to say outside of my house. And the reason why I wanted to have this episode is because women are the doors and the windows to more life. They bring in life. And they can end life. And as long as people are having more daughters and women are, girls are, you know, growing into women and they're out here and they're thinking and they're growing and they're bonding and they're making other families. If we pour into them, we can have a great life. Everybody can live a better if we really pour into our daughters and give them everything they need to be successful in life. And that is why I wanted to have an episode about the mother-daughter relationship. Now, our next episode will be about delirious moms and how they do exist. And that is okay if you're out here being a delirious mom because trust me, I have my days. But um, thank you guys for listening to this long episode. But I just feel like it's really needed and... I didn't want to neglect our sons, but I feel like when it comes to our daughters, um, we really have to pour into them because, uh, I don't know, I feel like a lot of the focus in the U.S. is very man-made, man, 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 boy, 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 boy turns into a man, but what about our women? Women can withstand a lot of pain, Uh, More pain than a man can. Hence why we go through labor and we bring about life. And we lose a lot of women through labor. And I just don't want to forget about those women, how strong they are, how unselfish it is to bring about a life in this world. Especially when there's so much against us. So anybody out there that has a daughter that, you know, has to raise their sister because your parents are around, pour into them, period. It is okay. You have a question. Cool. Mommy Shan can help you out with that. Welcome to Mommy Shan's segment. I got you. What's the question for today? For today's Mommy segment, um, from Shan, me, I would say... The whole girls are easier than boys. That's a lie. That is a lie. Not one time, but two times. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. 
For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.